This episode of Real Trail Talk is brought to you by Green Door Vineyard and Winery, located in the picturesque Ferguson Valley. As a special offer for Real Trail Talk listeners, if you use the promo code TRAILTALK, all one word, you will receive 10% off your first order. You can make your online order at greendoorwines.com.au. Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I'm Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 71. We have reached the end of what has been a crazy year. Rather, yes. quite Not quite the year that we thought. And I think if you listen to the previous version of this episode, you'll yeah. see quite a different year. So I listened to this, I don't know, maybe the middle of the year. So we're talking about the... The 2019 in review Yeah, because this is the 2020 2020, in review. Um, So I listened to that middle of the year, I think, and you got to the section where we're talking about our 2020 plans and you had so much to do and then COVID kind of hit and I was like, oh, poor Don. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was not at all the year that I had planned um, for the third time in a row... I didn't get to do the Thorspin Trail, <laughs> so... But, yeah. t- touch wood, a bit later on, next year... Yeah, hopefully. We're booked in again, so... yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're here to talk about our 2020s. That uh, went remarkably different to what we'd planned, mm. but then also what we did in response to that was very different, too. Mm, yes, very different. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've had quite a more varied year than I did. Oh, yeah. I probably had a more, let's just say, normal year. <laughs> yep. Um, whereas you went in completely the, the different direction, yep. which I think it was actually a, a very good idea by you. So what Mark's talking about, obviously, is the Mundabiddy, uh, which I, I kind of felt when all my plans had sort of just fallen away and disintegrated and I thought about what I wanted to do this year and... I couldn't think of anything because I was just really down because I just thought I've done all the hikes that are worthwhile that are not in the Kimberley. Mm. So because of that, I just didn't, you know, I was just completely like, what am I going to do? And I realized that, you know, the cycling thing was the thing, that there, there was a whole world I hadn't explored. And so the Mandabidi really fit the bill for mm. this year. Um, and I, because I did it as basically a series of weekend rides with one week-long section. It meant that I had my whole year of adventures, you know, one trail. I did one trail this year, basically, but it meant I had a whole year of adventure, so I really enjoyed it, and I really appreciate what the Mandabidi did for me this year. <laughs> yeah. right, we'll get on to that a bit later, so I think we'll continue the same format that what we usually do and go month by month. So, moving or starting in January, February, the kind of the summer months, it's a bit of a lull. Did you get up to anything after your New Zealand trip? Well, so the New Zealand trip was in, technically I still was in 2020, I was hiking in New Zealand. So I did a few things there. I did um, the last two days of the uh, Tongariro Northern Circuit, which, you know, I talked about in the previous episode, but 
also it was just very strange because the lo- the last day we could see the smoke from the bushfires in Australia coming yeah. across, uh, and that should have been an omen, I guess. For the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think I think that was the only hike that we did. I mean, we did stuff like, you know, we did Mount Cook on a cool summer day and um, mm-hmm. did the Pierce Gully Loop. You know, just the things just for fitness and for fun, yeah. but didn't do anything new. Um, did you do anything over that period? Um, so January, no. So the end of or start of the year for me has typically been catching up on posts from the previous year. So I was still doing the ones from Victoria over Christmas and a few other posts. I think I wrote my like end of Bewoman kind of thoughts and feelings. Mm. And then, yeah, Feb, I got back into the snorkeling again. I did the MAAC Dive and Snorkel Trail at oh, Top yeah. Near Marmion. Yep. That was quite cool. I saw my first eagle ray on there, so that was a pretty cool experience. Yep. And then I've had this thing where, like, for ages, like a few years now, I've, and I actually did it when I first started, is I mapped out a few walks around where I live in Frio, but they were obviously very poor quality being from the start of the website. So I wanted to update a few of those and then add some in. So I did the East Frio River Walk um, and the North Frio River Beach Walk, which are actually really cool trails mm. um, right in the heart of Frio that take you to some like really cool like off-track areas that you wouldn't think would be right in the middle of an urban setting. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And then we did the Festival of Aran Trip to Rotness that we do every year. Yep. And I did snorkeling at Salmon Bay. And we did the water bikes that have just a new addition to the, the island. That was pretty cool. And then in Feb, I started just doing like random little hikes that I'd already done that I just wanted to do for fun, which is kind of a a theme running through my year as well. That was something you said last year, that you know, said you wanted to do more fun hikes. And I actually just, did it yeah. this year. <laughs> so one of them in Feb, um, I think I wanted to go up to Golden Lookout just like for sunrise and obviously being summer, it was quite early. I didn't make it, but I did kind mm. of like a little half loop in the morning before it got hot and that was that was good fun. And then March hit... I didn't really do anything pre-COVID and then I think it was the week before COVID started getting really serious and we had the lockdowns I sprained my ankle playing basketball quite seriously (laughs) so like my year was was stuffed at that point anyway because I probably wasn't going to be able to hike for a while Mm. Um, but I ended up doing that would have been post-lockdown a trip out to Patton's Brook and Ball Creek Mm. um but I guess we should probably talk about the elephant in the room that is COVID at this point. Yeah. So it was like mid-March, wasn't it? That yeah. The world kind of grappled that this wasn't just a China thing. This was yeah. going to be a worldwide issue. Yeah. So I remember I was at work and, you know, when it was a minor thing, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to go to Box Hill because, you know, working in Melbourne, Box mm. Hill is like a super... Asian neighborhood and I mm. love going there for the food. I was like, I'm not scared <laughs> at all, you know, and because there was that fear mongering of it, oh, you yeah. know, the Wuhan flu kind of racist kind of thing. Yeah. And then we went, oh, actually, this is a lot more serious than we than we thought it was going to be. And I kind of had an inkling that it was going to be um, that the borders were going to close. So we, the weekend just before things were announced, we, we went down to, to Denmark and we did the bald head trail. And I'm so glad that I did that because that held, 
you know, that really sort of held me together yeah. while in lockdown. We were, I was, you know, grappling with all our plans for the year, mm-hmm. you know, really just falling apart. Yeah. So for me, when it first like became a bit serious, Karis had this weekend away planned and I'd already guessed it. It was um, a trip to the tiny cabin that you see on Instagram oh, out yeah. in um, to the Chittering Valley. Yep. And that was really, really cool. Um, but it was kind of like, like, I don't know, just sitting in the tiny cabin, staring out, like this is probably going to be our life for the, the you know next few months with lockdown. And then it kind of, yeah, it hit properly and it wasn't just like another bird flu where it was confined to one area and it wasn't really an Australia issue. But once everything locked down, it became kind of real. I remember feeling like when you go into the supermarket and you're like, I don't trust anyone. What if they've got it? What if I've breathed it in? Like, yeah. who Anyone sneezes and yeah. you're like, oh my God, they've got it. <laughs> and then people started acting like idiots with the buying the toilet paper and the yeah. flour and the sugar and everything. And it just kind of became a bit silly. But being an introvert, like lockdown for me is fine. Like it's it wasn't a big inconvenience on my show, social life because I didn't really go out. Like I could still see my friends at the dog park because we could just stand couple of meters apart Mm. it wasn't like yeah i was going to events and clubs and yeah pubs and everything i'm much the same uh you know what it's it has been wonderful living in one time zone Mm. uh for the last two years i've been living in east west coast back and forth and it it takes a toll so you know while i think it's you know it's been devastating for a lot of the world um, you know, there have been some positives that have come out of it for, you know, in not, not just for me personally in this circumstance, but there's been other things like, you know, people working from home and things like that. So that's, uh, it's been interesting seeing those positive side effects in what has been a terrible time. Yeah. I think we should probably, uh, preface this with like WA has been probably the luckiest part of the world, I think. Yeah. In terms of, uh, no community transmission at all i don't think we've got a wide state to explore like we've not had super duper strict lockdowns um yeah we've seen to to handle it quite well and compared to other parts of the world i think we're very very lucky yeah very much so you know if you look at um america <laughs> yeah um you know the u.s situation is really um you know it's very sad what's happened over there mm. even like our friends in victoria like there's the the Australian New Zealand hiking group and I just like I didn't want to post anything there because there was probably a lot of Victorians looking at that and saying, Well, I can't go five kilometers from my house. Yeah. I hate you for, you know, lording your adventures all over me. Yeah. So it's kinda of like just being mindful that not everyone's got it as good as we did. And we you know, I could see that during especially during the second lockdown, my uh my workmates and, and I we had, you know, twice a week we had a meeting and you could just see just how deflated they were. Mm. So, you know, I, I didn't really talk about doing the Mandibidi for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. But yeah, working from home has been interesting. Like I already did work from home one or two days a week anyway. So transitioning to being at home all the time was just fantastic for me because I don't, Honestly, I don't see the point in going to the office most of the time. You're yeah. just there because it's the social norm. Yeah. And with technology the way like 
it is today we've got zoom we've got i use microsoft teams at work like you can have everyone up on the screen you can see them mm. and like most of the time we just it was no different like if you wanted to have someone on the the teams even when it wasn't video you just have them there talking yeah and yeah i think it was lucky that um it happened now and not 15 20 years ago yeah when the technology just didn't exist yeah, yeah. it would have been hard um you know for me i think it's it's been one of the positives of it is that it obviously i've been sleeping better this year than i have for the last two years um but also i think you know I've, i was working 50 percent of my time at home yeah. but now i've worked nine months 100 percent of my time at home and delivered so that's been mm. it's it's that's been an interesting thing and i ho- i hope that as a, as a result of this, there'll be more people moving to maybe to regional areas or like for me, maybe not having to move to Melbourne and, you know, show that you can work in Perth and, yeah. you know, the stuff gets done. So I would like, like I would, I would move down to Albany in a heartbeat if I could, but I yeah. think I could convince Karis to do that. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, at least. No. Um, but yeah, I guess we should probably talk about the intrastate lockdown that was enforced for a few weeks. Yeah. I think it was maybe a month that it was in force. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So that was kind of late March over past Easter because I remember they defined Perth as Perth Peel. Yep. And you could actually go quite a long way. Like I remember over Easter, um, Karis and I went down and we did Lake Clifton, yep. which is south of Mandurah. Um, I went out to Dwelling Up a few times because that was on the border. It was just kind of like pushing the boundaries of where we could go even though i think at that stage it was fairly clear that wa was fine with community transmission Mm. but it was just that like i like it's when your freedom gets taken away even though for it's a very valid reason you want to go and do yeah more stuff like my family lives in bunbury i couldn't go see them for whatever it was four or six weeks yeah it was just kind of yeah like a lot of adjusting of plans because autumn in Perth probably isn't the best hiking yeah whereas down south is a lot better yeah for sure and you know I we recorded this year's you know the the snorkeling in WA episode and that you know when we recorded it I was going and by the time we released it I didn't (laughs) yeah and then over that you know over that time period the thing that I just kept repeating to you know in our chat group was I want to go hug a carry (laughs) because you know like I agree. Like, I, I think Perth is not that great for hiking in the autumn, but the down south is fantastic for it. Mm. So that that sort of instigated my plans for cycling because Alyssa and I, one of the weekends, we went up and did the Railway Heritage Trail and I just felt, oh, I really want to do more of this. And I want to, mm. you know, there's this very long trail that gives me something new to do all the time. Yeah. And so on uh, April 25th, we actually went up to the hills and I started at Mundaring. And we basically designed it so that I would have something to do for for like a month before having to worry about um, running out of things to do. And the the hope was, oh, maybe it will open by then and we'll get around. So, Mm. you know, that was, I think, a massive saving grace for me was this um you know cycle trail i didn't tell anyone i started it because i didn't know whether it was really going to become a thing or not Mm. yeah it was a big shock when you mentioned it in the the group chat that we've got 
Yeah. Because like, you mentioned you were going on a cycling trip just for the day. And we're like, oh, yeah, he's doing something different. And then you're like, well, I'm actually a few <laughs> days into the Mundabidi now. <laughs> yeah. Because I, um, you know, I'd seen bits of it before on the Bibbleman and it looked uninviting to me. Mm. Um, some of the cycling uphill and things like that. But after I did the first few days, I was like, this is awesome. I mm. want to do more of it. Like literally the first day in, on the 25th, because it was a long weekend, I said, I said to Alyssa, can you drop me back off here on Monday and can I do another <laughs> section? Because it was just so fun. Yeah. Um, and it kind of was, it, it felt to me like how I felt about the Bibbleman track when I first started walking it. So that was a really nice thing to have. As an unexpected gift of 2020 was this project that I got to do. Yeah. So we joked before we started because I've got a spreadsheet of everything I did for the year. And you were just like, I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so around like the Easter bits, I mentioned I'd done Lake Clifton. And, and then I started looking at the Shire of Kalamunda walks just to try and do stuff within Perth because I got kind of really down that there's not a lot of options in autumn to do and there's really not a lot of options where they set the border because it was east of the hills was shut off. Yeah. So I couldn't go and do like Sullivan Rock or Boonering Hill or anything like that on it the It was bib. this weird thing where like just at um, the Sullivan Rock car park, yeah. it, it crossed over. It was like, ha ha ha, you guys can't have that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a bit depressing and I kind of like, I needed to, well, I didn't need to do it. I wanted to do them for the website anyway, but it was kind of like, oh, these, these trails aren't fantastic at the moment. The West Terrace walk for me kind of hit home that it's just a, a trail on full drive tracks that are eroded it was all dry there were ants about so the dogs were getting bitten and Karis was like sliding down on her butt on the the slippery bits i was like it's it's all right but it's not what i want to be doing right now mm. but that is your favorite the channel 10 tower <laughs> walk and i actually enjoyed that despite all the dumped rubbish because um, that was over easter and it started to sprinkle as i was doing it and mm. there were some late season wildflowers yeah, it's not as bad as what you built it up to be. <laughs> Maybe if I hadn't built it up, you might have. Yeah, well, I kind of I went in with a more positive attitude that I'm going to enjoy this, and like <laughs> I probably would have enjoyed it anyway. It was it was pretty cool, and same with the Helena Pipehead Walk. Like that was a lot prettier than mm. Channel Ten, but still fairly dry. And like there's just the back of my head that these are just four wheel drive tracks that they've cobbled together. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, what can you do? You made I made the most of it, and it's content for the website and new experiences and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I did another Frio walk. I did Monument Hill, which is where I used to live um, when Karis and I first moved in together, and then a couple of other trips on the bib. So I originally wanted to go out to Dwelling Up because I thought I could do the King Jarrah, but they'd fenced off Nanga Mill. Oh, yeah, I remember you went down. Because I went all the way into the Chudditch campsite, yep. or Chudditch campsite, and I was like, oh, cool, I'll be able to do it. They just closed down the campsite, so you just couldn't stay there, mm. and then I reached a fence. I was like, oh, I've driven all this way. <laughs> so I ended up just going back to the centre of dwelling up and doing an out and back on the bib, which was really fun, actually, because it's really nice forest, and that's probably where I needed to be in autumn, is mm. proper forest, not suburban forest mm. and then i went to visit the new helena campsite which i'd never been to and that was 
another bad thing of COVID is you're out there and all I could hear was dirt bikes the whole time. Yeah. Because they couldn't go to wherever they go, probably Bali. <laughs> and they were just out ripping up the forest. And like I, I rang the water corp because they patrol the area. I was like, do you want to put some extra patrols out? Because they're out there and they're not being shy about it. And the lady was like, yeah, we've had a big problem since COVID started mm. of dirt bikers being where they shouldn't. Mm. But yeah, that was, I got really angry that day because like, people were staying at the campsite and it was when they're all closed. Yeah. And just, like, I bumped into a guy. I was like, you know you're not supposed to be here. And he gave like a... And I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. And then like as I was going back, I was passing people with big backpacks on. And it's like, you idiots. Like it, the risk was probably very, very minimal. Yeah. But at the same time, like it's those kind of people that would spoil it had there actually have been... Yeah. They're, they're like the people who you see in America protesting, my freedom! Yeah. You're taking my freedom! <laughs> and, you know, they stuff it up for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Autumn, how much of the Mundabidi did you get in during... You got through all of it during the, the intrastate closes. Yes, so you? I basically got through everything up until... So when they announced that the borders were reopening, I had completed... Pretty much everything up until uh, dwell, just after dwelling up, um, except that they were they had done a prescribed burn um, <laughs> near uh, North Dandelup Dam. So because of that, I had to go back and do that later. But as soon as it was open, I went and hugged the carry. <laughs> <laughs> we went and did uh, I did a section of the Mundabidi that goes past Mount Lindsay or the turn off to Mount Lindsay and then yeah. it goes up to the last campsite of the Mundabidi and I hugged the carry. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I remember that because you, you put through the photo and I was like, oh, good, Don's hugged the carry. He's happy. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I love, I think that's my favourite forest uh, type. Well, maybe after Gondwanan Forest in Australia, mm. um, carry forest is my favourite. Um, so being able to get back there hug a carry, stay at, at that awesome campsite as well. You know, the fact that that campsite, we had it to ourselves, mm. is crazy. Um, yeah. They had they had restrictions on how many people could stay, yeah. but it didn't really matter because we were the only people there. Yeah, because you kind of find that a lot along the Mundabidi is you had the campsite to yourself pretty much every night apart from a, a couple, was it? Every single one. Every single one. Every single oh. one, except for the one that you stayed at oh, with us. Yeah, I spoiled <laughs> it for you. <laughs> Basically, never had um, other people at the campsite. Yeah, it's just weird because they're really, really, really good campsites. Oh yeah, and like Janung Bejabup, which is the one I'm talking about, mm. is like outstanding. It's probably one of the best I've like on on the Bibbulmun or Mandabidi. Mm. Um, crazy that it's not used by people. You know, like that yeah. the cyclist is not as many people cycling it mind you i think that people in october is is when everyone goes because mm. there was quite an influx of people saying oh i'm leaving in october yeah um whereas in autumn and winter not a lot of people yeah i think autumn fair enough because especially the northern sections if you ever go mountain biking oh, the around gravel Perth, is terrible pea gravel is terrible yeah so you need the rains to kind of dampen things down a bit um, so May for me mm. 
was the Murray campsite on the Billman track. So over summer, it got like really, really bad again. And I thought I'd defeated it, but it, um, it's just there to spite me at the moment, I think. <laughs> so I got my hands on a brush cutter. So there was a team of us went out with a brush, a few brush cutters and we tackled that whole section. So not just mine, but the one further south as well to really clear it up and provide like a proper passage through. Mm. And I think we did a pretty good job, although now it's starting to come back with the soap bush as well. And then I went back on my own with another brush cutter to clear the four-wheel drive track leading up from the river. That was terribly overgrown. Mm. Um so the Murray campsite got a good rejuvenation or that section got a rejuvenation over the May period. And so that was a good fun. Um, went out with Lou, our friend. She joined us for, for one of the overnight trips. Mm. And then, yeah, it's just just getting through like late autumn, which was really, really dry in Perth. Mm. I just remember there's been no rain. And then when it did rain, um, I think I organized a trip out to FR Berry Reserve. Yep. And that was fun because it was like a, a little rapids waterfall type thing. Yeah, I still it's remember, a nice walk. Yeah, I still remember it being like fairly dry. Mm. Um, and we also did one hike, which if you've researched the area there, you'll know about it, but you're not supposed to enter without the key. I figured I could just jump the fence, which is what we did, but I won't write it up because um, now that I know that it's a, it's a class A reserve, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to encourage people jumping the fence, but... Yep. Yeah, I just I, you need to pick up the key in business hours and go out to Midland to get it. So I was like, yeah, yeah. it's it's frustrating that they make it so difficult to get to that that hike. Yeah, and it's a really pretty area, but you, I like you could see the dieback. I was like, I don't want people coming in here if they're not going to spray their shoes and brush yeah. down and everything, which I know not everyone does. Yeah. So winter, mm. this was when you the borders opened. And mm. you could go wherever you wanted on the Mundabidi. Where did you choose? The aim here was to try and finish the Mundabidi so that I finished in Albany. Because when I finished the Bilman, I finished it <laughs> randomly in Bailing Up. Yeah. And it was so anticlimactic. So we did a lot of of, of trips to Collie um, through the middle, basically. Trying to work our way down to there. So the winter... <laughs> Was first of all getting getting myself fit enough to cycle because I you know different muscles to hiking, yeah. and you know we did a lot of trips in Collie. So the last episode we talked about that Collie section, which I think is you know has a crappy day in there, but it has some really nice days as well. Yeah, um, working through, and then we did the week where you came down as well for a section. So between Pemberton and Walpole, so. That was that's the only section where I've done it basically every day. I cycled sequentially mm. the whole way through and did it as if it was for real. Yep. We camped along the way. So that was really nice. It was in July, you know, I had leave booked that was meant to be for Thorsman Trail. I took that week and did this cycling trip and yeah. really was happy with it. The only thing was I was meant to go through William Bay. Yeah. And it was still wasn't finished because I think because of COVID, they they didn't get as much work done to begin with. And then the rains hit, so the roads were difficult to make. Mm. And I think they also had some vandalism as well. Where people were like, screw yeah. you guys, I'm just going to drive in anyway yeah. and just ruin the road. So uh, They picked a good time to do it, but it's just, yeah, as you said, circumstance delayed that. Yeah. You're never going to get like a government project 
on time and on budget. So. No, that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you you obviously joined us for a bit of cycling. We did the the, the first section of the of the Mandaviti again because yep. I wanted to see the the new realignment. And you came down for the Pemberton to Northcliffe day. Yeah. Um, what else did you get up to over winter? Um, so winter started with the the long weekend. I went out and did the Clackline and Bobakine walk GPS walks. Oh, yeah. So I was looking forward to doing them, and they turned out to be fantastic, like, mm. as advertised, really diverse hiking through some really quality areas. Um, and then some more maintenance and a field day and then one thing that i'd planned over the years was i wanted to go to shannon national park and do the rocks walk so i think (laughs) i talked about this in 2019 review pod is i wanted to do shannon national park so i thought why not i'll take my niece out who i'm trying to get into hiking i think she quite enjoys it Mm. um had it planned and then she went and rolled her ankle (laughs) the friday before yeah so we delayed that a week and then we finally got out there and that was a fun fun day like it's only i think it's a three and a half k walk maybe but we spent a couple of hours like looking for all the fungi i bought her like all the little field guide books and like introducing her to nature and seeing it through her eyes and Mm. like trying to be a, a a cool uncle and like oh this is what this is called and look at this tree and it was good fun mm. and then yeah obviously joined you for the first section to do the re- new realignment that was kind of like a test to see if i could still cycle again <laughs> yep and then like a lot of like the working from home in winter was great because during my lunch break I was cycling from my place to North Mole and back trying to get some fitness up um, mm. to do Pemberton to Northcliffe, which I really enjoyed. I like that section quite a bit. It's it's a lot different riding than it is walking. I mm. think you miss out on a lot of the detail and like the closeness sometimes because even when you are on those rail forms that are quite closed in, you're rushing by and it's kind of over in an instant. But it's still really enjoyable because you get that kind of touring feeling on yeah. the roads where you're kind of going different places. And it was fun to like patch up where we were in relation to the bib and like, mm. oh, I know the Mundabidi joins up here and we get to go through here. And yeah, that was fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That was probably one of my better days of 2020 on the trails. That well, that day, though, is I think one of the best days of the entire trail. Like, I think mm. when you do the whole thing uh, in 2021. Yeah you'll probably see that that was you you had a really good day (laughs) (laughs) unless it's like pouring with rain or like super duper hot that day (laughs) yeah yep um so yeah and then this was kind of when i started in july doing like hikes i'd already done just for fun because i didn't really plan 2020 that well pre-covid i didn't have too much to do other than the cape to cape and a couple of other trips Mm. So, end up doing Mount Cook again, and I did the actual double loop, which I'd wanted to do as part of, like, the six summit walk I've got to do a seven summit. So, you go up and over Mount Cook, and then double back on the four-wheel drive track to the parking bit where you've got your Mount Cook ride-up starting from, Yep. and then go up and then back. So, I did that starting at Sullivan Rock, and that was really, really fun. Mm. Lots of fun guy around, and lots of water as well, because we had a quiet wet start to that winter yep and then victoria reservoir i redid that one because the photos were terrible and that was a really nice day and then i tacked on bickley reservoir as well 
just because I was in the area. Yeah. And the then, old Mason and Bird. Yeah, that bridge and that hike up the hill. It's actually a really fun area. Yeah, I like that. You know, I, I we joke that it's the baby's graves walk, but... Well, that was funny because that's the first time I actually sought out the baby's grave. Oh, yeah. Like, I <laughs> kind of knew roughly where it was, but I didn't go and investigate. I was like, Don, yeah. <laughs> the baby's grave. <laughs> but it was good to see, like, lots of people out. Yeah. Um, even though it's not, like, a one of the best, best trails, it's accessible because yeah. it's close to the hills and some of the, the cideries out there. Yeah. I, mean, I like that walk because it's it's pretty varied. Like, you don't get mm. bored of it. Like, it, for one of those sort of Shire of Kalamunda walks that it feels kind of like, oh, they just put some signs up on a vehicle track. Yeah. It's quite a nice one. Yeah. Because you get, yeah, you get the dam, you get the really nice forest above the dam, and mm. then, like, the bit leading between the two reservoirs isn't fantastic because it's like wide wide trail but then the mason and bird up the hill that's really fun yeah so yeah i did that one and then bickley reservoir and then back to mokine nature reserve for the third of the walk gps walks i was meant to do and this yep. was the first hike that did with my new camera that i bought <laughs> my short-lived new camera <laughs> and then top that off with a trip to york and the mount brown trail which was it was pretty, but I think I got it in like premium conditions with the the farmland all green, but mm. the the trail wasn't terribly well designed or well maintained. Mm. Um, so before we continue, we'll get on to our tasting notes for our our sponsor, Green Door Winery. Yeah, so we decided today we've gone with the Green Door El Toro, twenty nineteen Tempranillo. So Tempranillo is a Spanish varietal. Um, becoming sort of more popular because I think the French varietals in Australia for a long time held held court mm. but it's a popular one you know very often it's it's said to go very well with tapas or pizza that's the kind of of things very very food friendly wine yeah it's a very drinkable red um very kind of deep color deep purple red yeah some fruity notes to it mm. and I think you know the geograph region which uh, for people who don't know, that's between uh, Perth and Margaret River. It's a bit of an underrated area. A lot of people sort of bypass it on the way down to Margaret River. Mm. But they make some really good wines. And this particular area area in the Ferguson Valley has some really good wineries. And I think it's up and coming. I think a lot of people for a long time have passed it by. But I think that there's actually a lot of value here, especially if, you, if you're if you going to go to Gnomesville. Yeah, I was about to say the, the popularity of Gnomesville has really like shone a light on this area. But yeah, we were here for lunch with my family a few years ago and it's just a spectacular area. Like you think rolling hills, like Shire-esque, hobbity type yeah. landscapes, that's what the Ferguson Valley is. Yeah, and there's and, some really really good wineries there. And I particularly enjoyed cycling through this area as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so this particular wine, um, what do you think? Like, what do you taste when you? Um, getting getting some some cherry, lots of orange in that. Um, yeah, just kind of. It's like a really nice complex red. Hmm. Like I, f- I feel, um, it's not. It's not so heavy. It's not like Cabernet heavy, mm. but it's not um, like a Pinot Noir in terms of light body. It's like a good medium, uh, medium to high, you know, medium to full body. Yeah, like it's a good kind of, I don't know, kind of autumny spring kind of red where you're not in the middle of winter where you want like a good heavy 
yeah. red and it's not like a red that you would drink in the middle of summer either. Yeah. It's a good good balance. I can see, you know, they say that this this is sort of goes well with some chorizo and some cheese and yeah. I kind of wish I had a cheese platter here. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's yeah, it's very nice. I can also imagine myself, yeah, at the end of a day on the uh, the Camino in a town. It's yeah. nine o'clock, everyone like the town's buzzing, everyone will post <laughs> the town's buzzing. It's yeah. having a good time, having a wine. I think yeah. this is the perfect one for it. Yeah, very nice. So, you know, we've we've got a few more to go through, but um, yeah, definitely can recommend the Green Door El Toro 2019 Tempranillo. Um, and as I mentioned at the start of the episode, for Real Talk listeners, if you do your first order through their website, you can use the code PRELTALK, all one word, and that will give you a 10% discount for your first order. Yeah. All right, back to the episode. So August has hit. It's the late winter period in Perth where it's either really rainy or it's the perfect summer or like winter summer kind of sunshine in the day, not too warm, not too windy. If that was summer, Mark, I would be yeah, so sorry, happy. Yeah, <laughs> we've, had, we've had some discussion about this, but <laughs> you enjoy this time of year when it's not too hot, oh, yet the sun's still out. For me, you know, like, I'll put it this way. I despise Perth from mid-December through to about March, where I go, why am I living here? But I have to remember that one of the reasons I like living here is that I think that from, you know, through winter, but particularly August through to October, mm. is just outstanding. You know, like I think Western Australia is at its peak in that period. I always refer to August as like the lost month. Because it's that time where, like, your ex- your, the excitement of winters here is over, and you can just kind of like bury yourself in rainy weekends or like cold weekends, mm. and it's just kind of a time to enjoy the forest because, like, the fungi are out, the wildflowers have started to appear. It's that kind of turning of the tide coming into spring. Yeah, the last of the truffles are. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, August for me was, you know, that was sort of... I always think of July and August, like, you've got to go and get the truffles because mm. that's, like, the, the best of the time. Yeah, so we... I remember, like, I went down with my family, so uh, Alyssa's parents and my parents, we, we booked a place at Donnelly River Village, mm. and the whole thing was that, you know, you have to book a house for, like, that sleep six people. Yeah. <laughs> and... We went, well, we've, we've booked it anyway. We should just invite them and see if they wanted to do it. So, mm. you know, we get along well with our parents and they get along really well with each other. Yeah. So we did that while I did some cycling. And, um, you know, we, we went to, in Manjimup, we had some truffles. Um, yeah, awesome time. I would actually pay money to watch uh, John and Alan interact. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've not seen them together, have yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> I've seen them apart and like I kind of get a, a you know a grasp on their personalities. It'd yeah. be fun to see them together. We enjoyed it so much that it, that next year we're actually going to go um, to Carry Valley as a family and yeah. hang out. That'd so, be cool. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um. So, which section of the Mundabidi were you focusing on during um, August? So this was basically so we had done. In the, the period that I'd cycle with you in July was up until Walpole, but then we did a bit of a flip-flop and went back to trying to link things up from Collie all the way through to Manjimup, yep. uh, and then on to Manjimup to Pemberton. So 
you joined me for a bit of that. And you did. you did a fairly boring day, but then an awesome uh, day. It wasn't too bad, actually. I enjoyed the variety. The first day I didn't love. It kind of it dragged on a little bit towards the end of the day, yeah. but I liked the going between the forests and the farmland and yep. then back into the forest and like the various dams and and whatnot that we saw mm. but i knew that the other day was going to be great yes. and it was great it was great yeah um and i was just thankful my legs recovered from the previous day because <laughs> but i mean it were lucky because it's mostly downhill and flat all the way to to nanup yeah so we're talking about donnybrook to nanup staying at nala mia yep. campsite which we yep. timed that actually very well because it started to rain as we came into camp yep and then Alyssa joined us and we got all set up and it was it was actually quite a nice night. Oh yeah, it was a lovely. I mean, I it's it's a weird campsite cuz it's not like in the bush somewhere. It was not what I was expecting <laughs> at all. Um it, I knew I kind of knew what it was because I I remember thinking, really it's the middle of like a village. Mm. Um and it really is in the middle of a village and it's not like Donnelly River where the village is yeah, you know that, people who don't live there anymore <laughs> and it's full of trees whereas Jarrowwood is just like a cleared area with just like houses and caravans and just like weird settlement type stuff yeah and then the the shelter's just on this like the side of this hill yep in like this weedy grass area <laughs> yeah yeah I was a little bit shocked but I was just happy to to be there at night, yeah, undercover during the rain, and you know the Monday Biddy huts are great. Only thing is, there's a bit of a wind tunnel that one. Yes, um, so I was right up against the edge of the <laughs> <laughs> the shelter there in my tent. Yeah, I remember we played cards and it was a bit windy. We had to like play in the corner. <laughs> yeah, because I had little tea lights so we could see, and it was yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was a fun night. Yeah, it was good. And Nanup is great. You know, I was really impressed with Nanup. Um, both times because I I did that trip with you and then also I did the the next section to mm. Donnelly River as well and um, it's a lovely town like I'd not really stayed there or visited it other than just driving through and really liked it yeah so 2020 for me was Nanup as well like I'd visited a fair few times mm. and again I'd like I'd only pass through just driving to say Pemberton because it's the the route I take from Bunbury but we timed it really well because it was the Tulip Festival on that weekend. There were markets about. The town was buzzing. Vintage cars. Vintage cars. Very doggos. Nice. Yeah, that was a that was a fun way to arrive into town because it was a very short day on the Mundabidi. Yep. Um, mostly downhill and through excellent scenery. Mm. And the tea shop there is amazing. Oh yeah. I've been drinking the teas because now it's been hot. I've been yeah. making iced tea with it. So good. Yeah. I've actually run out, so I'm at. I've got maybe like two cups worth of Russian caravan to drink, but yep. the smoky Earl Grey was amazing. Um, I actually bought mum a gift voucher there because she buys her um, her tea there. Awesome. Yeah, really nice lady that runs that. Oh, very nice, yeah. Um, <laughs> buy tea and up, it's really, really good. <laughs> um, so me for me during August, um, again, another trail I'd been meaning to redo is the King Jarrah. I didn't get to do it in... Um, April when I went out to visit before so I was actually glad I did it this time because I had the new camera perfect day nice and rainy and a little bit um, sunny in the afternoon and then Karis and I took a trip down to Margaret River the week before we did our our cycling trip and it was horrible horrible weather I think it was that weekend where lots and lots of rain was forecast and it was just 
yeah like moody and dark the whole weekend um we ended up doing call guard up cave in the dry thankfully that was a fun experience mm. and then didn't plan on doing any hiking but we had plenty of time on the monday um that we were meant to leave and i was like i saw the the walk trail sign as you're going out of town I was like, let's stop in there for a little bit. <laughs> and we did the chimney trail, which kind of goes through the middle of, um, I think it's Woodjatup, Woodjatup um, National Park. It used to be Bramley mm. National Park, and that's through all the mountain bike trails. So yep. they've just got like a little walk trail there. And that was good fun through the Cary Forest. Mm. And then joined you to do Donnybrook to Nanup. That was good fun. And then the next weekend, Kitty's Gorge and Baldwin Bluff. So not visited that in like four years, I think. Mm. So I wanted to do that. And that was just as good as I remembered, except I'm now more acutely aware of what's native and what isn't. And Gurulong Brook is just horribly infested with blackberries and arum lilies. And it's, yeah. it's kind of sad to see now that I know that like how invasive they are. Yeah. I just wish more work was done in Serpentine National Park to actually rehabilitate the area rather than just have the rangers patrolling Serpentine Falls. Yeah. And, of course, those cotton plants that... Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure why that cottage has just been left there and the land around it not planted with natives. Like, there's no reason why to leave it bare. Yeah. But anyway... And I missed my first echidna sighting on Baldwin's Bluff. <laughs> <laughs> of so, course. Yeah, so it was a beautiful sunny day and like I could see all the scratchings where they were, um, where they'd obviously been around the ants' nest. And I bumped into someone who I'd like, interacted with online quite a bit, Mike Farquhar from the Redtail Bushwalking Club. And he recognized my shirt and my face and we had a bit of a chat and I was like, oh, I really want to see an echidna. He's like, oh, it's probably a bit early in the day. And I went to the summit, didn't see anything, and I was photographing some orchids and some sundews. And then on the way back, I bumped into a family, and the kid was like, oh, on the left back there, there's an echidna. You just missed it by a minute. And I was like, thanks, kid. <laughs> really appreciate that. Um, so that was kind of a bummer, but it'll happen when it happens. No. Just, no. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be like 60 and you'll be like, yes! Yes, to the echidna. <laughs> Actually, just recently I went to the zoo and I like, took a picture of them all in their little barrow. And I was yep. like, I finally found one. And then you guys are like, whoa, like, at the zoo. <laughs> Doesn't count. Yeah. Um, and then one thing that I didn't know. Oh, sorry. And then one thing that I'd never done, which I probably should have been a local prayer resident, is check out Wireless Hill, which is in Ardross. Mm. And Steve from the Billman Track Foundation, when he found out I hadn't been to Wireless Hill, was like, you have to go, you have to go. And the orchids there are just fantastic. Like, it's a very short little loop, but all you're doing is just scanning the bush for these orchids, which I actually find amazing that they actually grow there and they actually survived urbanization because all around is just like McMansions and Garden City. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's it's like just literally, if you the at the back of Garden City, the road at the end goes to Wireless Hill. Yeah. So, and you know, I used to live in um, Alfred Cove around there. And it's, mm. Yeah, completely suburbia except for yeah. Wireless Hill. It's just odd, and that's probably why I didn't visit before because I didn't expect much out of it. But as soon as Steve mentioned the orchids, I was like, I have to go now. And I found found quite a few. That was a, a fun trip. Mm. 
Awesome. Um, September, so the start of spring. This is when cycling becomes really fun because the sun's out. It's not as rainy, although we had a rainy September. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind getting rained on. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. So, yeah, did a lot of cycling. So th- this whole season was basically me trying to. So I started writing the, the blog, and so they all sort of sort of came out at the end of August, and I started sort of every week. Mm. And I've I know that I've I've <laughs> I've let the last two sort of fall yeah. fall by. I've just been too busy, and also the last one's going to be an epic because it's twice it's going to be twice as long as every other post because I did all of a section mm. like a town to town section in one go. Um, so I did a lot of cycling. You know, I like I'd finish a bit and be like, oh yes, so now everything from here to here is done. And I think it got got to the point where I had everything from up to Manjimup done. Mm. And then I did Manjimup to Pemberton and it's like everything to Walpole's done. <laughs> um, and we did a trip where I finished the little bits from Walpole to Denmark except for William Bay. William Bay. Yeah. Um, so that's basically my time there. You know, yeah. as I said, just doing the one trail, but filling all the gaps because you were quite bummed out when like you just get the updates on william bay and it's like it's delayed it's delayed it's delayed and you really wanted to get it on your way through that's right because my aim was i was going to go down i was going to do that little section finish at um you know i was going to finish at the end at light speech and then next day denmark to albany and Mm. it just wasn't to be you know like it was just really having to link everything up and uh and ended up that william bay was done afterwards so yeah yeah but you've now visited and you can continue posting the rest of your mundabidi series yeah so what happened was i got through august and september writing it up and i was going to finish it literally like you know it was going to just come out Mm. then i got busy and i thought well you know what it's wait. I've waited so long. I might as well get that last bit yeah. through there. So yeah, I think good decision. Good decision. Yeah, and you of course had an epic time because you yeah had your big trip. <laughs> this was probably the only thing I really planned on doing for the year, and I mean we've already recorded the podcast about it, so I won't rattle on too much. But it was basically Cape to Cape, some stuff in the southwest, Walpole, Albany. Uh, Esperance and home and then back to the to do the Pemby Trail Fest so yeah. that was over three and a half weeks a lot of trails and I was just I'm still getting through it like it's what Christmas time now mm. and I'm on day two of my post Cape to Cape trip <laughs> I haven't even like I've got two trails to ride up for that the day two mm and some photos to edit and then I've still got like a ton more trails to do <laughs> so this will keep me busy over the summer but that was a really fun trip um, probably maybe put too much into that trip I maybe should have separated it out into a southwest and then a an Esperance leg yep but it's just it's hard with Esperance being so far away yeah it's you, just that bit too far and so. there's nothing or well, there's stuff in between but not enough to like stop and stay and explore although there is a bit around Hyden I'd like to to visit with all like the the rocks there that you can walk around 
but I'll, I'll get there eventually because I have unfinished business thanks to my camera <laughs> um, getting waterlogged and then breaking. Yeah. Um, so I've still got to do the Grand Coastal Trail and Peak Charles, which maybe I'll tick off in 2021. Maybe I'll leave that for another year. Mm. We'll see. Yep. <laughs> um, so this was also the time when you finished the Mundabidi. Yeah, because you, as part of your trip, you were there. Yep. Um, not quite not when quite. I got in. <laughs> But you were there for a celebratory drink yes. in Albany. It was still daylight when I was there and you were there and <laughs> Yep. Yeah. That was a that was a fun way to kind of arrive in Albany and share that experience with you. Yeah, so you know, like I finished that day and oh that, that day from Denmark to Albany was long. It was seventy something Ks. Mm. But outstanding. Except that I was swooped repeatedly by magpies yeah. between um Elica. Um from there to Albany isn't great. There's a section along Lower Denmark Road, which we'll talk about when we get to it. But anyway, you know, otherwise it was an awesome day. Mm. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it, and it was it was just nice. You know, I felt it was. I'm really glad that I finished in Albany and not just randomly somewhere. Yeah, I think even if you're doing like one of these long distance trails sectionally, I think it's good to finish at the finish. Yep. Because it's that, like, you go through the same experience of you reflect on everything you've done up until that point. You're probably at your fittest or your strongest. Yep. And then you've got the trailhead to actually, like, that's a, a significant milestone to see. Yeah. And I think particularly with the Mundabidi, because Denmark to Albany, there's not really anywhere to stay unless you stay off the track. Mm. You know, there's no huts between there. It just feels like you should do it in one go and you're probably at your fittest then as you say so you can go and do 75ks and it ain't no thing <laughs> although if you're doing south to north that's going to be a bitch of a first day <laughs> and i think you shouldn't do it south to no. north you know although uh, trying to think yeah because south to north you'd get the westerlies in the afternoon wouldn't you for that first section um and also like i think with hiking uh, you can put up with more vertical ascent. Yeah. Whereas with cycling, you know that obviously you start at sea level in Albany yeah, and you but finish. It's, it's three hundred meters over a thousand kilometers. But also, I think the worst ascent, which is up through Collie, yeah. is uphill that oh, yeah, direction. That be, whereas yeah. it's downhill and it's switchbacks for everything else. And also, like Nan up to Nala Mir would be all uphill. Yeah. That section from North Cliff. Um, the halfway to Pemberton would all be uphill. Yeah, so I really think oh, yeah. it is a better trail to do north okay. to south. Yep. Noted. Yep. Um, so yeah, post big road trip for me, not much happened at all because obviously I've got a lot of photos to edit and posts to write. Um, and finally in November, went out to the Kingdom of Pi for the first time for the year so this is my first maintenance section between Possum Springs and Yordamong and the reason I'd only visited in November is because DBCA let a prescribed burn get out of hand well they lit it in really bad conditions and then a month later it really flared up so if you remember to last year late last year when all the Yanchet fires were going on there was yep. an even bigger fire north of Coley and that was it it was prescribed burns that then flared up again but it never happens, Mark. They never let it flare up. And, no, especially yeah. around Collie, they're, they're sensational at that. Yeah. Um, 
So I kind of had a, a feeling based on photos that I'd seen throughout the year that that area had been completely burnt. So I was kind of dreading going out there and like there's not much to maintain when it's burnt anyway. So I was a little heartbroken when I arrived and yes, the, the four-wheel drive section is very, very badly burnt and it's back to green jumpers and stick-thin black trunks and whatnot. Um, but post the little swampy area, you can see where they bulldozed in to try and stop the fire there and they stopped it there, thankfully. So post that section going north is fine and that's the best section that's the section i really love and i would have been like even more heartbroken had that have been burnt hmm. and i saw my first uh, spider orchid out there so that was fun there was a christmas spider orchid which only flowers um september to december which is odd for a spider orchid because they're usually done by kind of early november or kind of late october sorry hmm. and then we did the kept track yeah, which was, was fun. Which was fun. Um, very, very, very rainy. Mm. Um, that was an odd November day. It was great because I was dreading a hot day <laughs> cycling in November. Like I said to you, if it's, if it's too hot, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And it was, it was like perfect autumn, like or or winter or spring it's weather. Kind of yeah, spring because yeah. like the showers would roll in and then you get kind of like fine weather that was a little bit sunny and it had a bite to it, but it wasn't too hot. Yeah, it felt like. A good September day. The only mm. telltale sign was how brown everything looked. Yeah. So, like, the farming areas that are, you know, harvested and then all the grass grows on the, the fringes. Yeah, that yeah. was looking yellowish. But it had a nice, like, glow to it in the, the sunshine. Yeah. That was a nice day. I enjoyed that day. Yeah. As you'll hear about on the, the previous well, two episodes back now. Yeah. And then to finish the year... Um, just recently I did another trip out to Murray to see what that's looking like after not visiting for a few months and mm. not too bad, not mm. too bad. So I've sort of finished out the year with um, thanks to Mark McGowan and his uh, vouchers for yep. tourism <laughs> travel. Um, Alyssa got one and I got one. So we did a trip out to Durian Bay and we swam with the sea lions, which we've done before. But uh, that was it was good because it's a nice sort of precursor to what we're doing next year. Uh, also, for the Ningaloo trip in April, I bought this waterproof camera case, yeah. and it's annoyed me all year because there's this like several hundred dollars of case just sitting on my table. Yeah, I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Finally got to use it. Um, and then just last week from when we recorded, we went down to Pemberton and did the the tour with um, Pemberton, Pemberton Discovery Tours. Yep. So we went from Pemberton and they drive and take you to where the Warren River empties out into the ocean. Through and the it, dunes there. Yeah, so yeah. it goes through the dunes. Outstanding. Like I, um, I've often wanted to go to Don Tricasto and go through the Jaeger up dunes, but mm. you know, it, I, I've never thought that I could get my X-Trail through yeah. it. So it was really good to go with the tour. You know, Graham, who was the tour guide, was really excellent. Um, you know, he, he had a lot of inf information. Uh, the scenery was outstanding. It's very different to what you expect from from Western Australia. Mm. Um, and having done, you know, so much cycling along the Warren River, walked the Warren River loop, it was cool to see it empty out into the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing with, like, the rivers of WA is... 
Like the river mouths are quite hidden most of the time. Yeah. It's like the Gardner River, the Warren River, Donnelly River. Like you don't get to see where they empty out into the ocean because usually there's a town at a river mouth, but not in WA on the south coast. So that's it's kind of weird, but it is like because it's dune area, which a lot of people I don't think realize like it goes forest and then dune quite suddenly. Yes. And it's very spectacular. Yeah. Um, like Alyssa took a photo and I took a few photos as well of like you're standing on this huge dune mm. and there's a lake behind and that lake probably in the next hundred years will be swallowed up by the dunes. Mm. Um, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy to think that, you know, this dune that basically came about because the ocean levels dropped at a particular time, mm. all the sand dried up and blew inland <laughs> yeah. and then the water level rose again and that dunes are slowly moving and engulfing mm. everything. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're in the area and you want something different to do, definitely do one of those tours. Yeah, definitely. I really recommend it. Mm. Mm. So 2020, we survived. We did. Quite yeah. well, actually. Quite I, well. I you know, like yeah. I, I, I'd say this was a... It wasn't the year that I wanted, but it was the year that I enjoyed um, in terms of the, the trails that I did. Mm-hmm. I think probably you were more susceptible to getting a bit more down about hiking in WA. So I'm happy that you, during this period, have found mountain biking as your your savior. Yeah, you know, because I think I, I if I had just stuck to hiking, having done the Bibbulmun, Cape to Cape, the you know all the major ones, I would have been pretty down i probably would have joined you i think for the, <laughs> for the cape to cape that would have been fun i did extend the invitation to you <laughs> yeah just didn't have to leave but yeah. i probably would have had i not because i would have just been so like ah i just need to do something yeah it would have been a lot can you just get out of my shot please <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so we'll continue on the the tradition that we have for the last of these pods where we have a few kind of like set questions and then i put the call out to social media and thank you for everyone for responding we'll get through most of the questions that came in Mm. so i think we'll start with favorite trail for the year which is going to be quite (laughs) easy for you but maybe maybe favorite day on the mundabitty for you then Okay, so favorite days, uh, I reckon the day into Collie was one of my favorite days. Uh, the day into Nanup that you did with me was really good. The day from Pemberton was a really good day, so you lucked out with two of my yep. favorite days. Um, I reckon that the section leading, I think the last day was really good as well. I really enjoyed that. And disjointed as it is, I think the last day, um, the day into Denmark is quite a varied day. Even though there's some road riding on Scottsdale Road, mm. I think it's quite a varied day. So I quite find that quite interesting. If you had to pick, though, one? One day, gee. <sighs> Probably would be somewhere in the Cary Forest, because that's my favourite, you know. Um, somewhere there. So, yeah, say maybe... Pemberton to Northcliffe or uh, I really liked the day into Manjimup. There were some bits that were crap but there was a nice bit like there's that ridiculous uh, switchback oh, up yeah, to yeah. the hut <laughs> that you know on the Bibbleman track I was like sucks to be those guys yeah. <laughs> um, I think because I felt good doing it 
and mm. it was just different because it's like an arboretum that's got experimental plantings and stuff and you go past the Donnelly River yes yeah so yeah it was it was a good day but yeah I, I'm, I'm not sure I'd have to really think about that but I I really loved it because I think coming from the Bibbleman where I was disappointed when I finished it mm. I finished the Mandabidi and thought I could easily do this again um, and I would love to do it again. Spring 2021, you can join me and Aaron. <laughs> I don't have that much leave, man. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a trail that one day I will do again. Yeah. I don't think I would do the Bibbleman again, uh, partly because the boring days are really long, and I, I don't think I could put myself through that again. Whereas on a bike, I feel like, you know, I could do that day again, going to Lake Brockman so yeah well the invitation is there if you want to join for sections if you don't have to leave maybe for a weekend I'll come down Aaron and I would be more than happy to have you that would be fun Um, for me favourite trails it's kind of difficult because there's not like one that stands out as being like wow wow like there was because a lot of my good trail experiences were compressed into that three and a half week period Mm. so there was just a lot of like this is awesome I love doing this mm. um, but yeah the Cape- rocks walk I really enjoyed the Cape to Cape's probably gonna yeah. get it it's either day two or day three so yelling up to Moses Rock was just amazing very varied lots of wildflowers out kind of tarnished by running out of water and having that in the back of my mind <laughs> um, but day day three I think probably favourite day of the year mainly mm. because I extended it out to 30Ks and I was hiking the whole day. There was lots to see. I got to back into the forest around Ellensbrook, um, had a beautiful like finish to the day where I crossed the Margaret River and the storms were rolling in and I had fish tacos and rum. So that's always a good awesome. trail day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so the, n- the one that we started doing, I think it was last year or the year, it was probably the year before. So favourite hour on any trail during the year. I reckon once I was away from the magpie swooping yep. and I was on that home stretch into Albany and just going through it in my head, yep. I had the emotional rush of memories that I hoped I'd have on the Bibbleman mm. and I had it and it just was, you know, like especially when you you come in to town and you see um, the hike that you did, the one up to where Park goes past the tip, Oh, Mount Melville. Mount Melville. Like, you, you see that and you go uphill and coming in and just thinking about the day and thinking like, oh, sh-, you know, I did 70-something Ks and it wasn't that hard. Mm. And thinking back to it all. Yeah, like, even now I feel a bit emotional thinking about it. Like, I really loved that trail and I loved finishing that trail. And and also, I guess, even, you know, if I had to go back and say just starting the Mandabidi and that feeling of newness. Like I saw the Bibbleman track sign near the Mandaring Weir Hotel. Mm. And I also got a bit teary because I rediscovered a sense of newness that I hadn't felt for a long trail in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That was me. How about you? Uh, I'm going to go a bit left field on this one. Um, I'll talk about the runner up first. So it's probably, there was a section riding between Pemberton and Northcliffe with you where we, I think we were on a wide four wheel drive track and there was nice carry forest around. And I just like, I think I got out my phone. I was just doing like the guy who did the cranberry juice 
singing to Fleetwood Mac on his skateboard type thing where I'm just like going around just being like how wonderful is this yeah like it just like opened my eyes to like the long distance touring style of cycling where you've got a distance to cover in the day and that's all you have to do like you're just out riding riding with your mate through some nice forest it was just a fun thing to do mm. but probably the best hour is Mount Burnett near Walpole <laughs> really and it was not a trail I'd originally planned to do and I only did it because I um, changed plans to do the Nate's Wilderness Walk and I just had a full day around Walpole with nothing to do but hike and I'd only seen it at the the tingle all over as like a spot on a map. I thought, I'll check that out. And it turned out to be really, really cool. Like you cross a creek over some boardwalk and there were flowers everywhere. Like even the car park was just full of blue squills. And then around every corner, there was just a new wildflower. And it was, it was something that you don't often get in WA because there's often through the forest, they've been burnt and they've been logged. There's like a monotonous kind of, oh yeah, there's some of these and there's mm. that. But it was like lots of different varieties scattered everywhere. And then there was some new ones and I found some spider orchids. And then the the summit was had some really cool views and more wildflowers. And it just it just felt like... And I was just at peace. Like, I had nothing to do, no stress, no worries. It was just, I was there just enjoying hiking. Mm. And I just didn't want it to end. And I just felt like that was that spot was my own. Because mm. I, I figured no one really goes there because they don't know about it. Yeah. And it's not really well signposted. So it just felt like not many people visit. It was just kind of a hidden spot away mm. where it was really, really nice. Mm. Just as, just as well you did it now as well because they've just done a prescribed burn through there and they've said all walks on Southwest Highway are closed. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apologies if you see my post and then you go and visit and it's burned. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll get into the questions that have come in. Mm. So first one is, how did you get started with hiking? I think we've probably covered this a fair few times, but... I guess we'll go over it again for those that haven't listened to some of the other episodes. Yeah, so for me, it was the first time... We, we used to go down to Pemberton a lot, and I did a bit of the Bibbleman on the other side of Cary Valley, and I said to myself, I'm going to do the Bibbleman track one day. And there's a photo of me standing on the sign outside of the Gloucester tree. It's not you, it's Little Donnie. It's Little, yeah. So there's a, yeah, the photo of me standing outside there as, as Little Donnie outside the Gloucester tree. So that was my start. And then for Levers, I did a wall pole to Denmark. And that was my start. Mm. And how about you? Um, I was thinking about this the other day and like the, the bones of enjoying being out in nature in the bush. Probably go back to um, our friends, our family friends had a, a property out near a place called Poppininning, um, kind of Brookton-ish area, Katanning okay. area. Yeah. And we went out there quite a lot during the winters. Um, There's just basically two paddocks and two bits of land and they had a creek running through it and it was just fun. Like we used to go on walks and we'd have golf clubs and we'd you know that tree's the the pin and get to it and mm. we'd have days where we would just like walk along the creek lines we'd try and build dams it's just fun being out in nature but then actually getting into hiking um i never really enjoyed like doing scouts or anything like that like the organized stuff 
and it was me preparing to go to Costa Rica. So I wanted to get some fitness in. I thought, may as well. Went out to the Billman. This was a pretty fun thing to do. And then, yeah, started getting into it a bit more seriously mm. during the winters when I had nothing to do. Awesome. Yeah. Um, next question. You probably know who this will come from. Now that you guys are supermodels, what's next for you guys in that space? Um, so this comes from our friend Michelle. Um, if you've seen the photos for Feed the Hike, um, we are now international supermodels, men of mystery. <laughs> yep. We did a, a photo shoot out in near Jaredale um, on mountain bikes. I'm glad that there's photographic evidence of my like beardiness and my hair at the moment yeah. um, because as soon as I go back to Melbourne, I'm going to cut my hair. Um, this is like a, how long is this going to be? <laughs> um Nothing. There's nothing gonna happen with this anymore. Uh, so I think we actually did quite well on that photo shoot. There's some realistic shots of like us interacting at camp, pouring fake liquids into cups. Yeah, I think we did all right. Yeah. Um, I I like that the mushroom soup was mostly sand, so that it stands <laughs> up like. <laughs> um, but yeah, check out Feed the Hike if um. You're after some good quality dehydrated hiking meals. Michelle's mm. done a great job. They're really compact, which I don't think the backcountry um, or campus kitchen ones do very well. Yeah. The packaging is quite small, which is good. Yeah. Um, and very fresh ingredients, good flavors. Yeah. And, and if you want a discount, use the code PI5 and you get a 5% discount. <laughs> Okay, the next one. So someone gives you $10 million and free reign over land and planning. What trail would you create in WA? Well, you know, I've got to be in my bonnet about why is there no multi-day trail up north? Yeah. And I would make it happen. All right. You know, I would... Where specifically, though? Well, Karajini would be one potential place. The other one is, I cannot believe an area the size of Tasmania, the Kimberley, mm. does not have... Uh, a section of land that for four or five days has worthy scenery. Mm. Like, I just don't believe that that's possible, that 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 is the case. I would make sure something happened either there or in Karajini. All right. So mine would either be in two areas. So I'd either bully my way to get a long-distance trail in Fitzgerald River National Park that goes from one side to the other with campsites. (laughs) I think that would be world-class. So the second one, I would create a multi-day trail around Walpole that kind of goes on the eastern side of Southwestern Highway, so around Mount Rowe, Mount Franklin, and just explores the river around there. Because I think that's a beautiful spot that's just completely untapped. Yep. And I think you could probably get that feeling of you're completely isolated in the forest for days on end there. Mm. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, next question... Very similar one. Now you've taken up the mountain biking bug, where would you like to see more long-distance trails? Hmm, good question. I think I like where the strategy for mountain bike trails is going. I think that linking up the the towns with old rail trails and things like that is great. Hmm. I think it's so much better an idea than hiking trails because it will just be boring linking up say a town to another town Mm. and walking it because the scenery just won't be worth seeing Mm. but depends on on a on a walk where you're taking like days to walk between towns i reckon 
Like, except for still like enjoyable. Like you'd still do bailing up to Donnelly River again, wouldn't you? That kind of scenery. yeah, that sort of thing is okay. But I mean, like you know, some of the towns where it really is developed and it's just farmland and it's just the same thing every day. Mm. Um, I would not enjoy that walking. But I think cycling wise, where maybe in a day you get to another town, that opens up a huge future potential for that whole southwest as being uh, a section you could travel and tour. Uh, from town to town and I, and I really you know I, I stress this don't make it part of the Mandabidi just make it its own thing mm. where you can travel and you could do the whole southwest as a tour I think that that, that is great um, again I think that up north there would be an opportunity for something maybe Karajini again is the place mm. um, and you could do something kind of like a uh, New Zealand style where they have they have multi days that are cycling trails something like that would be great up there just mm. something different um, but otherwise you know I think that the whole southwest plan of linking up all the towns with cycling trails finishing the Wadandi from Bustleton to Augusta will be excellent that would be cool yeah so yeah that's, that's what I'd love to see so it's, it's nothing I think that the southwest is, is getting there we're just a few years off from that happening. Yeah. Mine's sort of similar. Like, I'd love to see all the towns in the southwest link. So you could be like, I've got four days. I'm going to go here, here, and here. And if you've got a friend or use one of the transport services down there, you can easily get between your cars. Yep. But the one that I'd really like to see is um, kind of an east-west trail running between, like, Bunbury, like, Capel, Donnybrook... Boyot Brook, so between Donny Brook and Boyot Brook, they already have the rail trail there. They could easily convert. Yep. And then doing the Skeleton Bridge Walk at Boyot Brook, I would love to see that linked with Arthur River and okay, follow yeah. the Blackwood. Yeah. Because there is the rail forms there, and there's a few old rail bridges, whether you go on them or not. I think cycling that area through like the the farmland would be a lot more enjoyable than walking it. And then you could involve these towns along Albany Highway and in the wheat belt that kind of might not get as many visitors mm. with trails. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be a reasonably inexpensive thing to do. And if you market it properly, I think it could be quite spectacular. Mm. And agree with the Pilbara. Like, a bike trail around Karajini would be awesome because you could like cycle from gorge to gorge. And if you had the campsites there, you could stay. And it would just be you don't need to hire a car to go up there or drive you know it's super long you could fly up there and maybe get a lift or i don't know mm. how it would work but you could have tour companies that you could base yourself in caratha they drive you out to Karajin and you do a few days out there and it's it's not as troublesome as driving your own car up there yeah and as i've said before the hamilies really should have a, a mountain bike like network there that yeah. should be like the whistler of the desert you know well that's the thing like staying at um, Millstream is they've got the Warrenguna Trail and that goes from the Homestead to Deep Reach Pool I was like why is there not more of these trails around the Pilbara because it's probably the best way to see it is riding through the spin effects on these these dirt trails yeah definitely yeah alright next question looking for new dog trails with Brooks do you know of any others not on your website? So this one is probably more to address 
probably why there's not as many hikes that you're allowed your dog on. Mm. And that is because most of the good hikes are in state forest or national park and they bait for foxes there with 1080 and it's not just they go and sprinkle some on the ground, they drop them from the sky so it's fairly indiscriminate where they land. And if you have heard a tale of a dog eating one of those baits, I wouldn't want to put my dogs through that. So, I mean, I rarely take them out yeah, just in case. And um, someone we both know lost their dog in Pemberton, in the middle of Pemberton, because the birds, they pick them up and they drop them, so you never know where they're going to be. Yeah. And it's just, it's a horrible thing to put your dog through, which is why we have a limited supply. Yeah, so I'm... Yeah, this is a question that comes up a lot, but I'm also kind of like, just don't do it. Yeah. You know, like, unless... Um, unless you know for sure that the area is safe, it's it's just not worth the risk. Yeah. I mean, within Perth, I think there's maybe only one or two trails that I haven't done that are dog-friendly. So you can take your dog on the Railway Reserves Heritage Trail. You just can't take it into John Forest National Park, which I got yelled at because I had it on the website a while ago and some guy's like, you know, you can't take it into the National Park. I was like, it's, it's a four-wheel drive track through the national park that bit of the trail like it's not going to hurt anyone but i took it down anyway but yeah there's just not many places you can take your dog yeah unless you want to go into a time machine take foxes and cats out of the equation yeah sure then we we're good we can do it but not not in the situation we live in yeah but the ones we do have like whistlepipe gully i think is extremely popular these days so Noble Falls is another one you can take that you can walk around the, the river there or the creek and yeah, that's probably about it. Unless you're really naughty and you take your dog into Kalamunda National Park just past Georgeson Park, which a lot of the locals do and gets me very angry and also happy at the same time because I get to see a dog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Georgeson Park is perfectly fine for dogs. Yeah. Just take them there. Yeah, lovely. Or you can just walk around the river around the Perth. Yeah, sure. Um, what's your most rewarding vertical hike in WA? So you could come at this from a few angles, whether it's from a fitness point of view, how high you get, the quality of the trail. I guess, you know, you'd, I'd probably have to say something like, um, Mount Bruce or Tulbrunup, you know, like those, those are really good trails where you have to go uphill and the scenery is great at the end i think that when a a trail has a bit of adventure to it like both of these trails are class five Mm. there's some scrambling involved when you get to the top it feels like you've earned it yeah like i don't enjoy bluff knoll as a hike because it's walking up steps yeah yeah i'd have to agree i think any of the day hikes that aren't bluff knoll I mean, Mount Trio's kind of got that same feel to it. There's just a lot of steps. Mm. So probably, yeah, Tulbrun up, Magog, Tell Up, Mount yep. Bruce. Yeah. Very rewarding. Yep. So this one was a really interesting one. Will the rise in popularity of getting out and exploring our own backyard due to COVID be sustained? I think if they get the policies right, it can be. And I think that we're seeing that to a degree with cycling. I think they're spending a lot of money on cycle trails. Like they've opened the, what, Wham Banger or Wham Burger? 
What well, is it? that's just a rebranding of trails that are already there. I was a bit confused. But they're also that. building new ones. Well, know? it's the Arklow ones that they've built, plus the new ones that are coming in Wellington National yeah. Park. It's yeah. I mean, I won't comment any further, but I just don't understand the rebranding. Yeah, it's not really clear on what the end goal is. I feel like, as I said to you, the, the a focus group went in and they were like, "Oh, this name really works." Yeah. Um. So, but. I guess on that, um, something I've seen a lot is that people are cycling into the city a lot more. So not just um, using it for recreation, but using it as like a genuine way to get to places. Mm. So I think that we're seeing that. Um, I think that with the hiking trails, if we are going to sustain it, we need to get rid of this like attitude of, oh, we're so lucky to have the trails that we do. And we need to build new ones mm. because really for what is is possible in WA, we don't have enough new trails. Mm. Um, I think that if they built more hiking trails in the Darling Scarp that were interesting, you get people who would sustain this as a thing that they did. Mm. So with this, I think we both noticed it was around the lockdown period where the traffic to our websites just really, really spiked. Like, yeah, I've I'll probably do this in my biannual reflections post, and I'll link a graph of the visitor stats month month comparing last year to this year, and it was just crazy. Like, my best months this year were April, May, June, mm. and I got maybe two or three times the traffic that I got the previous year. And I think people just like when hiking was the only thing that they could do, they then were googling more like where are some of these like where are more trails, and within like person the southwest, I think you can probably sustain yourself for maybe two or three years doing some nice trails. Yeah. Before you then start looking like where are all the other trails, and I think that's where we need to jump in and start building more now. Yep. Um, just to get people interested and then also when tourists start returning there's more to do as well and you can advertise well, there's not just the Billman or the Cape to Cape or the Mundabidi to do you can do this this and this yeah so whether the hiking strategy that just got released this year actually gets some legs and some funding who knows but it'll still be two to three years away before we get more trails that mm. aren't in Dwelling Up or Coley yeah yeah, it seems like they they are the centers of the universe. And while I understand the reasoning, there's a lot of worthy places that I think miss out. Mm. Um, Albany yeah. could be like Tasmania 2.0 in WA. Oh, yeah. If they just invested the money. And they are to a certain degree. Like the, I think it's the G Score group down there that's a great southern something 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 uh they've got a plan on what they want to do over short medium and long term but i think with extra funding that area could just be amazing yeah world-class amazing yeah there's there's so much to offer there that really it's it's sad that it's not being leveraged in a right way Mm. and same goes with pemberton like we've got world-class carry forests there to explore and it's just it's a handful of passionate locals that are trying yeah. to drive tourism down there. Yeah, I mean third third tallest tree in the world. You yeah. Know? Like we should celebrate that a lot yeah. more than we do. But instead we're gonna dam the rivers and log the forest because yep. that makes sense for some reason. Yep. 
So, yeah, I, I hope it does sustain because I like seeing people get out and that's kind of why I started the website is wanting to encourage more people. So, mm. fingers crossed that everyone are now going through the uh, the back channel hikes that no one visits and wants to do more. Yeah. And also has a voice to actually get more trails as well. Um, this one came in from our friend Ailey. Um, it doesn't apply to you, Don. It's going to be very short. If someone said to you, hand me the bookmark, would you hand them the book or the bookmark? I'd hand them the bookmark. Yes. Done. Um, 2021 plans. I know this is kind of a, a touchy <laughs> subject. So, um, so since 2018, I think it's 2018, 2017 maybe. No, 2018 was the first time I actually booked in for it and had to cancel it. I have been trying to do <laughs> the Thorsburg Trail. So, this year, that's the main, you know, 2021 yeah. is the year that hopefully I will finally make that happen. And do you want to explain a little bit why this trail you really, really want to do? Because it's been a bucket list trail, you know? Like, for me, this has been, um, especially in 2018 when I was working and living in Queensland, it was, you know, I really love the scenery in Queensland. Not Queensland itself in some ways. Um, but the scenery in Queensland is outstanding. Yeah. Um, and this is something I've wanted to do for as long as I've been sort of obsessed with trails. Um, so I really hope that it happens this year. I'm hoping that, you know, COVID doesn't prevent it from happening I'm hoping that the La Nina at the moment where they're getting you know, torrential downpours yep. in Queensland doesn't prevent it from happening. I'm hoping bushfires don't prevent it from happening. I'm hoping that, you know, life doesn't A- prevent it from aliens happening. Aliens don't come and invade us <laughs> and take <laughs> yeah. everything out. So, you know, like this is... I, I just want to want to do it. <laughs> yeah. I probably um, shouldn't have said aliens because we've done some predictions on this podcast yeah, before please, and they've come through. Don't. Um, so there's there's that um, we're, we're going up to do the trip that we were, we had planned this year up to Ningaloo. Yep. So I'm going up to Ningaloo in January because I'm on sort of work is closed for the time so I'm going to go up in January. I'm going again in April. Uh, I've got this uh, trip planned hopefully to Queensland where we're going to do that and the Great Barrier Reef and then I'm just gone well that's that's that so and I'm, I'm thinking that work will close again over Christmas next year so I'm hoping yeah. maybe either Tassie or New, New Zealand. Zealand yeah yeah how about you um so I actually have a lot planned in 2021 um so like you Karis and I had a trip planned up the Coral Coast um March this year and luckily we didn't book anything because it would have been right in the middle when everything got shut down for COVID Mm. so we're going to do that and um for Karis's birthday go swim with the whale sharks and see where her family used to live around Yardy Creek and then there is talk of another wine and cheese hike in Tasmania around Easter. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll find out about that before this pod gets released. <laughs> but touch wood, I'd like to go back and then I'll probably tack on another week um, like I did before in Tassie and do some multi-day trails and some day hikes. Mm. 
And then maybe if you've got the time, we can do what we plan to do in June this year before the, the border closures um, up, up north. And then, I don't know, I kind of want to purchase leave so I can go on some more trips and then I want to do the Mundabidi. So yeah. going out with you and seeing you complete yours has kind of inspired me to be like, well, why not now? Because it's only a, I'm planning a three-week trip. But it was always something that I'd planned to do at the end of a Billman end-to-end when I would be made redundant, which may or may not happen in the next few years, but it's looking unlikely at this stage. So I was like, let's just do it now. And mm. um, Aaron seems to be quite keen to do that one, or at least for a couple of weeks. So looking forward to that in probably August or September. Awesome. And that's about it. I've got lots of other trails that I want to do for fun and I will actually do them for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, who knows where the year will take us. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be the complete opposite of this year and everything will open, the world will get back to some kind of normal. Mm. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm worried that my January plans will be cancelled because of what's happened in Sydney. Yeah. So I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that April happens. You know, on that trip as well, we're going to be going via Mount Augustus and Kennedy Range. Yeah. So that'll be cool to add some other interesting areas to the, the blog. Yeah. Um, oh, the other thing is hopefully I'm... I'm planning to move the blog to a new website. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Any plans for the website? Yeah, so that's something that I'm hoping to do next year. See how we go. Because um, it's going to be a lot of work transferring things. But I'm just, I'm done with the formatting and issues I have with Blogspot. And mm. I just want something new. So that's that's the plan. And also I'm thinking of experimenting with a different format with things like um, with the road trip in January and the road trip in April of of writing them up as road trips as well mm. uh, just so that people get ideas for how they could do a trip that's not just hiking or leading to a place yeah. you know yeah so that's how about you um no well I'm kind of always tinkering with the website so if you've noticed this year there are now interactive maps on the landing pages. I've updated the cover post that you click on on the landing pages just recently to a... It's, I think it looks nicer, but as you've commented, a single one looks nice and then them all jumbled up together kind of is a bit <laughs> confusing and it yeah. is, but I'm just kind of that's the best um, compromise I can come up with at the moment given I've already done all of them. Yeah, all the work. Um, I don't know. I kind of... Like I'm... I don't want to settle and rest on my laurels. I'm kind of happy where the website is with the formatting of the posts and how many photos I have. It's just I take too many photos and therefore I have to write more. Hmm. And I don't think people enjoy reading it all through. Some people do, but many just want some basic info and look at some photos and then they go and do their own thing, which is fine. But I don't know, I just like it's always expanding and there's always new trails. I don't know. Not sure what'll come in 2021. I'm sure I'll decide on some new fonts or a new <laughs> format and then have to change everything and spend a few weeks doing that. Yep. But I still have so many trails to ride up for from my last trip. I mm. think I'll be going into March or April with those. Yep. 
that's good get you through the summer i know well i just can't wait to get to some of the albany trails like bald head i want to redo because like that it just has like a few photos and not very many words and now i'm gonna have many many photos and lots and lots of words it'll just it'll showcase it in its best best light so yeah looking forward to doing some of those awesome yeah and obviously with the podcast we will continue yep bigger and better things i know we've already planned out most of like the first half of the year which is exciting yeah so hopefully this this year we were meant to introduce uh, a seasonal kind of format of like 10 episodes a break 10 episodes Mm. and it just didn't happen because we were uh, forced to take a bit of a break because of covid so we're going to introduce that next year and hopefully that will be a sustainable plat- you know, yeah, way of doing things. And stick to it. Because I'm sure regular listeners will notice that we've been a bit erratic with our posting. It'll Sometimes it was eight weeks, I think, at one point. Yeah. And then it's kind of, it's two weeks and it's three weeks. And yeah, I mean, you've been really, really busy at work. Yeah, and, and I think we've realized that we need to have a bit of a buffer and be a bit more, I guess keep the consistency by using that buffer mm. to keep it going so and lastly thank you to everyone who has been listening i mean it's great to hear feedback um when people meet you and they're like oh, i listen to your podcast and really enjoy it i met one guy jeremy at a wa forest alliance event and we were talking about it and he's like he was so talking about um it was really funny because he's like oh yeah donovan I know Donovan, he's seen five echidnas. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, so what? I was like, oh, yeah, I have, I have a hiking website. And I hand him my card and he's just like, oh, you're the life of <laughs> So it's good to hear feedback when you meet people. That yeah, they enjoy it's, it's funny when people say like, oh, I recognize your voice. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's really weird as well. Like I remember coming into Walpole on the, the bib and it was raining and I had my rain jacket on and no logos anywhere. And this girl coming the other way is like, you're Mark from Real Trail Talk. I was like, how did you know that? Like, we don't really post that much, like, images of ourselves. But, yep. yeah, weird, weird world. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you do enjoy the podcast, do recommend to friends. Post online. Give us a rating or review. Yep. Buy some merchandise. I'll put some up in the new year. You can be be cool with your your exclusive Real Trail Talk T-shirt. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Yeah. Here's to 2020. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.